You're listening to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudhaman, and joining me on today's show is a man who also, I believe, wants to be reincarnated as a dinosaur. It's Darren Burns from Shanghai. How are you, Darren? I'm all right, Arun. Yeah, actually a pterodactyl, but um, yeah, a dinosaur is interesting. And um, great interview, of course, this week with Budgie, coming off his marvelous, marvelous series uh, in England commentary, all conquering. Yes, I, I think he really warmed up throughout the series. And really delivered some pearls. But we do know now that he wants to come back as a dinosaur. Strange which one. Which seems very strange because dinosaurs are extinct. They are. But maybe um, maybe this is a, a comment on off-spinners. I think, it, I think it gives you a great insight into Baji's state of mind. I'm just not sure what it is, though. No, I, I think he, maybe <laughs> he's just feeling himself a bit too much after his commentary stint. Where he found out he could get paid loads of money for, for really doing nothing. <laughs> nice work if you can get it. Yeah, now he's just out there. He's got he's a he's a he's a media kind of personality now. He's just out media there. maven. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, thanks everyone for for joining us. We um, unfortunately, I'm sure most of our listeners will be disappointed to hear we don't have Toby Doman with us today. The only one of of the three of us who does any research or work <laughs> for this podcast. Um, he's moonlighting. Moonlighting for another radio show. I feel, uh, Is he? Yeah, I don't know how to feel about this. But he claims it, that it's not a cricket-related show. Yeah, but still, still, it's it's sport-related. I'm sure. I'm mm. sure. He was a bit evasive. Yeah, he was a bit evasive. We have to track him down. He was. Right. We have a. Well, it's a shame he's not here because I think we have a lot to get through since the last podcast. Um, we haven't really recapped India, England. Uh, or at least we we haven't since the uh, the oval test, um, right. and there's some loose ends from that tour to pick up, including England's uh, selection for for the Sri Lanka series, um, Moeen Ali's explosive interview, no more Mister Nice Guy, clearly, yeah. the Glenn Maxwell affair, yes, just gets odder and odder. But let's start with the Asia Cup, shall we? The hugely relevant and uh, important event yes. taking taking place in uh, on the sand dunes of the yeah. Middle East. Uh, I must say, I wasn't expecting a lot from this tournament, but it seems to have delivered a bit more than than perhaps maybe you were expecting, Darren. Yeah, I think it's been interesting, hasn't it? I mean, Hong Kong did pretty well against India, I think, in the preliminary matches, and uh, you know, just this week, I think. The last couple of days, Afghanistan almost beat Pakistan. Yeah, and they did beat um, Sri Lanka. Yeah, Pakistan got up in the last over. So I think it's been great for, for some of the teams. And there's now a ridiculous state of affairs where there's some kind of super four. So <laughs> there were six teams and now there are four teams, um, which seems superfluous. But um, anyway, India and Pakistan, Afghanistan and Bangladesh are in that last four. And of course, Hong Kong, Sri Lanka, uh, missing out. Yeah, which is interesting. Sri Lanka seem to be on a real downward spiral at the moment. It's um, it seems evident, doesn't it? And we should yeah. perhaps try and get someone on this show who has maybe more knowledge of Sri Lankan cricket than we do, because yeah. it doesn't seem like everything is 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 well in the house of, of Sri Lankan cricket. Mm. They've had some key players retire, of course with Sanjakara yeah. and Jaya Wardena. And 
that would hurt them because they don't have a huge talent base. Mm. Um, but there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of surprise that they that they lost to Afghanistan. I, I think they lost to Bangladesh as well. Um, there seems to be an air of resignation about it in mm. the Sri Lankan media. And you know, Afghanistan keep going from strength to strength, don't they? They've you know with their batting, I think I think they're looking much better. Of course, they've got Rashid Khan and. Um, Araman, but but really impressive. I mean, giving Pakistan a good run for their money and beating Sri Lanka, and so they really are the form, you know, the sort of rising team of world cricket at the moment. Afghanistan look like they're getting it together, uh, probably more quickly than than people mm-hmm. thought they would. Um, Surprisingly quickly. I'm hoping to get a friend of cricket ultras Tim Cutler onto the podcast, yes. possibly tomorrow. We were we were talking about doing it last week. Um, he, I think, has been celebrating Hong Kong's performance over the last few days. Um, mm. Really impressive work by um, the Hong Kong team. They they were brushed aside in their first game by Pakistan, and I think we all feared the worst at that point. But their performance in the second match against India, where, mm. they, where they almost won it, I mean, they were, you know, 185 uh, odd for not... For, 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 for I think just one wicket or so, and mm, really, really impressive. Really looked like they were going to reel reel it in, but they couldn't in the end. Um, but a very impressive performance and a good reminder that the gap between the top of the table and the associate nations is not as big as I think the ICC would like to think it is. Yeah, I think it's totally true. And so again, as we talk about the next World Cup. We, we have fewer teams, which, which kind of beg us belief again. So, I mean, very surprising um, with the way that the ICC is going. But great to see Afghanistan, great to see Hong Kong uh, really giving, giving it to the more established nations. It's really great for cricket. It makes it interesting to watch. So the other notable developments of the Asia Cup saw India beat Pakistan. That's always a, uh, yeah, an important crazy. match. Although in this tournament, India may end up playing Pakistan three times. Yeah, which it's is strange. I mean, it's like ICC tournaments these days. I think that the, the, the kind of overriding rule is that India cannot be eliminated. That they need to be in there. Yeah, so, so that's rule number one. And in this tournament, India cannot be moved either. So they're playing in all their matches in Dubai. And right. uh, that, that's caused some complaints from um, hilarious. Bangladesh and Pakistan who have objected having to travel <laughs> 90 minutes in an air-conditioned bus to Abu Dhabi yeah. and back. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a major hardship. Well, I guess the Indian players prefer Dubai and everything else can be built around them, right? <laughs> Who doesn't, frankly? Um, but I, I, I haven't been to Abu Dhabi. I can't. Yeah. Have you been to Abu Dhabi? I have, actually, just briefly, though. Um, probably not positioned to comment too much on it. I find the Bangladesh captain, Mashrafa Murtaza, quite amusing because all he does is complain. He, he, he complained about the, um, the fact that they have to move, the fact that they were seeded uh, B2 or whatever before a match had been bowled and, and no one had bothered to tell them this. Which, that was interesting. And then he's complained about the fact that the Bangladesh Cricket Board have sent him two replacement batsmen that he hasn't requested. That's funny. I was reading about that, yeah. He doesn't even know who they are, really. I, I worry. I worry about him. He seems just, just generally disappointed, and not very well media, and not very well media trained either. I'd say. Mm, I, can li- I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's better. It's better that he's being honest. But I, I don't know if it's really helpful for the rest of the team, though. 
No, I mean, it's certainly not helpful for these two new bats. So this is what I'm talking in. about. Me. Like, yeah, hey, welcome to the team. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you here? Well, no, what he said was these two batsmen were dropped because they were not performing. How do we know they are performing now? You know, it's a fair question. Um, and as he said, yeah, he was not consulted on the decision. Poor Didums. Yeah. So right. Asia Cup, India playing Pakistan in a couple of hours. Yeah. Uh, we should probably talk about Shoaib Malik's scarf. Did you see this? No, I didn't see a scarf. I, I only saw it in the match against India. Perhaps it's not a scarf. Um, maybe it's some sort of, I don't know, sports attachment to his neck. Oh, I have seen this. Yes, of course. Blood flow. But as far as I could tell, it was a scarf. Yes. Um, could you could you shed any more light on this? Uh, no, it's not a scarf. It's a. It's kind of like a, you know, when you go out in the cold, where you pull it up over your face, right? It's forty-three degrees, Darren. I know. So I don't know. I don't know why he's wearing it. It's got like sort of a, a monster face on it, hasn't it? So he pulls it up over his his chin. It looks like kind of a monster or something, which is. So like you're saying that should the need occur for Shoaib Malik to, to scare go incognito yeah. at any point during the match, then he has yeah. this to help him do this. It, it's 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 totally bizarre, and it? it's it's too hot. It's not Halloween. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I asked one of my. Uh, friends from Pakistan about it and he, he said that he thought it looked quite debonair <laughs> so I don't know I mean, maybe that's why he's wearing it um, mm. let's not forget Shoaib Malik is still only 32 despite being around for a pretty long time yeah, it seems. yeah that's, he's quite young still no comment it's like Alistair Cook right? he's only 33 but he seems to be around forever so Asia Cup continues uh bangladesh afghanistan and india pakistan today and then we'll see who plays in the final i guess after that um i guess for india the big questions for this tournament have been trying to get their middle order settled virat kohli of course is not playing he's chilling um ms Dhoni is also chilling but he is playing um yeah but uh, doesn't seem to be exerting himself too much from what i can tell uh, India need to sort out their middle order. I'm not sure that's going to happen. No one. It's it's almost like they have three or four or five players vying for these these spots, uh, four and five, maybe six, and it's almost like no one really is making a big claim for it. Um, it's going to hurt them when the World Cup comes around. I fear. Um, yeah, still a bit of time in the World Cup. I, I think they're probably playing with a few combinations, right, and see who um, steps up. Yes, I just, they don't actually play a lot of one-day cricket before the World Cup, I, I, yeah. before reading somewhere. I think they, obviously they will have this winter's tour to Australia, um, and I'm sure there's another meaningless quadrangular or, somewhere, or something somewhere, um, but this is probably their best bet to really nail it down, because, you know, for the other tournaments, Virat Kohli is going to come back, so that gives them one less spot to play with, so they, they should probably sort it out sooner rather than later. Yeah, because the, the top order seems quite settled, doesn't it? I think for the one day is yeah, Rohit Sharma and, and Chikadawan. Yeah, it's just the sort of middle order they're they're, they're playing around with. But yeah. you know, they're not in a bad place, I'd say. No, but I still think that unless until they sort out that middle order, they they go into to the tournament as kind of not the favorite team, probably the second or third favorite. Well, I think I think England's definitely favorite at the moment, um, unless something changes over the next. Which it, which it might. I Next think, nine months, so as far as I can tell, England are only getting 
looking stronger in terms of one day cricket. Yeah. You know, they, they seem to unearth more and more players. Um, where is the next World Cup? It's in England, isn't it? England, it is. Yeah. It certainly is. So that will I'll be there. You. Cricket Ultras will be there. Cricket Ultras will be there, yeah. I think I will. Right. Oh, will you be there? I will be there. Okay. Oh, wow. We should, um, okay. we should look at what we can do in England. We should. Um, yes. I actually think yes. Pakistan will go in as as um, as maybe even a heavier favourite than India, despite not despite the fact that they looked awful uh, in the match this week. I think when they get it together, they're they're a fearsome team. As we yeah, they, the well, they've always team. been that way. Yes, correct. All right, so that's okay. Asia Cup for us. Asia Cup next up. Perhaps Darren, you could shed some light on the curious case of Glenn Maxwell. And why he just cannot get picked for Australia. So do you think he should be in the team? I cannot see a compelling reason why he isn't. Let me put it that way. Mm. I think you're right. I mean, I think they, they told him to go back to domestic cricket last season. He averaged over 50 uh, with the bat in, in the first class season. Uh, he has scored 100 in the subcontinent. Um, Australia are, with, are without their two best batsmen on this tour. And the only two batsmen they have in the top 20 at the moment, by the way, Warner and Smith. So the Pakistan, and they've actually flown out already. So they're playing a Pakistan A game. They're going to be there 10 or 15 days before the, before the first test. So they're taking it quite seriously. Um, but yeah, I, I feel sorry for Maxwell. Apparently he, it was communicated to him that he would be <laughs> more or less in the team. He wasn't given a chance to go on the A tour to India, which, which happened recently, um, which I thought was also quite curious. Um, and so he's just been basically jettisoned. And Justin Langer has said that... Players that did well on the A tour ended up getting picked. It just seemed a little unfair. Yes, it does. And I, and I think, you know, Justin Langer confused things by saying in a press conference that he wasn't scoring enough hundreds or he wasn't converting enough. And so, I mean, you know... Well, he got his numbers wrong, didn't he, Justin yeah. Langer? He said someone had scored 78 hundreds. Yeah, I think he just, you know, I don't know. I think he's got it wrong. Um, but having said that, I think, you know, it's Langer's team. And I think he's looking at bringing in players that he thinks he can work with going forward. And there must be something with Maxwell, I think, as well. There must be, I think right? He must, he must annoy people or piss people off. Or I think this is kind of um, something going on there. And plus, he, he's Justin Langer also highlighted some of these new players on their work ethic. You know, these guys work really hard in the nets. They're always there for the team. So he kind of did highlight that as well. Um, Aaron Finch seems to be back in favour with, um, with, with, uh, with the ACB, which is good, I think. What do you think um, of Aaron Finch's prospects, though? I think he'll play for sure. But do you think um, he's, um, he's up to the task, the challenge? Yeah, I think he is. I think he's worth a shot. Uh, he's one of the best performing batsmen in Australian cricket at the moment. A bit of a sort of Joss Butler call, right? Um, you bring him in... You know, they've got Kawaja there who's been playing pretty well, um, did well on the A Tour, has been looking much fitter and looking better. But I think it's, it's a really weak-looking team, to be honest. I mean, without the main strike bowlers, you know, Cummins, without Hazelwood, I mean, without those bats, it just looks like a really weak team. So if they, if they do well and surprise people and go 1-1, people would be happy. Um, with their full-strength team, last time they played Pakistan in the UAE, they were thrashed 2-0, and they were never in any of the games at all. So... Give him, a, give him a shot. Let's see what happens. Yeah, it does seem like there is something about Glenn Maxwell that just doesn't seem to be working in terms of the, the ACB or whoever. Because I think even Steve Smith... The culture. Yeah, yeah. Steve Smith was 
you know, dropped him before. I think didn't invite him to his wedding. You know, there was there's, just, there's been a lot of things going on with Glenn Maxwell. I feel. Yeah. Maybe maybe one day the truth will come out. You know, they've brought back Peter Siddle to bowl in the UAE, which I find is a bit weird. I mean, he's he's had a pretty good season in in uh, county cricket in the UK, which is obviously much different bowling conditions. So, um, I don't know. It looks a pretty pretty easy win for Pakistan, but you never know. I guess they think Peter Siddle could uh, could maybe be the workhorse. Yeah, just kind of because you know he runs in, he'll bowl a lot of overs, I imagine. Yeah, and he's got a good culture. Yeah, they, and they don't have, as you said, they don't have Cummins and Hazelwood, right? Is Mitchell Stark playing? Stark is supposed to be playing. He's in the squad right now. So I mean, uh, it's not a bad team, but but it really, I mean, on paper, it doesn't look, you know, you, they're, they're very untested, right, in international Test cricket. So let's see. I mean, I like that they're bringing in Travis Head, giving him a go there. Um, John Holland did quite well on the recent tour, the A tour. He picked up a 10 for, I think, in one of the matches against India. So, yeah, give him a shot. But I'm, I, I am surprised by, by um, the big show, Mr. Maxwell. I must say it's a surprise. Well, he's not seen as a test bowler at the moment. He's more of a T20 player. Um, and they have brought in this guy called Doggett from Queensland, who is quite quick. But he's, I think he's more of a backup for Mitchell Stark if Mitchell Stark breaks down. So, yeah, interesting. I mean, not much is expected, let's be very honest. The, the expectations here are below zero. So if they do something, win a test, you know, it'll be great for the team, I think. But people are not expecting very much at all. All right. So from one curious case, let's go on to another one. Moeen Ali's bombshell yes. interview, where yeah. he not only said that he found the Australians rude. I don't think anyone was yep. surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. But he said that an Australian player called him Osama. Osama, yeah. So I think immediately I started seeing polls on Twitter about mm. who it could be. And I think one of the polls was, it had two choices. It was either David Warner or everyone else. <laughs> yeah. And then, But then um, someone pointed out that Moeen Ali said it was a, a player who was new to the team, so it couldn't have been David Warner. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, it's surprising um, very disappointing, but but it's interesting that they, was, the report wasn't made at the time. I think. No, no. I think Moeen told his coach, but he didn't want to take it any further. It's mm. you can understand it. I mean, I can totally understand his point yeah. of view. It just creates more attention, and Moeen hates all that stuff. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think he's he's written a book, hasn't he, or something? It's his autobiography coming out. Exactly. So you've got to have a bit of controversy in there as well. But um, you know, if if, if you know by saying the Australian team is rude and he hates them. It's the only team he hates, hates, he said. Um, you know, the kick, kick a dog while they're down, right? Whatever. I mean, everyone knows that. You know, jump on. But the Osama thing is intolerable. I remember years ago, um, I think it was Dean Jones. Yep. Um, Hashim Amla. He, he was in the commentary box, right? And he called Hashim Amla the, the terrorist, um, which is just, it's you know, unforgivable. So um, I, I would hope that it'd be good if it comes to light and, and that we do find out who did it. Um, and there are sanctions against it. But um, obviously very disappointing conduct from whoever that person was. I mean, do, do you have any ideas on who it was? I had no idea. You don't want to no guess? Idea. No. I, I don't think it would have been Stephen Smith, though. No, I would rule <laughs> out Stephen Smith. Or Hazelwood or Stark or um, Pat Cummins. I don't think those are the kind of guys that would say stuff like that. Well, you've just ruled out half the team. Nathan Lyon. <laughs> it was 2015, though. So it, Nathan Lyon yeah. in 2015 was a, a different a different character. 
altogether. Yeah, it totally was. Um, hmm, I'm curious. I think we could rule out Usman Kawaja. <laughs> it would have been funny if it was Kawaja. <laughs> Maybe he could get away with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe. Um, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be funny, actually, but of course, but it's not cool. Yeah, and if that's what was said, then that's just it's totally un- uncool and it should be sanctioned. I suppose Moeen, he had such a, he kind of came back into the England team, um, did did pretty well, didn't he? Um, certainly yeah, with the ball, I mean, not not so much with the bat. I, I, I'm not convinced about him as a as a number three, but he did he bowled well in uh, yeah, he certainly did in both the Test matches he played. Yeah. So this is a new Moeen, maybe. I think I think you always look at Moeen and don't. And I think people, we've talked about it before, they make the mistake of kind of underestimating him, don't they? They think he's just oh, this sort of robotic bowler that runs in and he's not much of a batsman, but he, but he's, he gets numbers. Um, you know, he was terrible. And he was terrible. He was terrible in Australia. Um, but, but I think it's, it's the right wicket. Maybe it's in England. He plays better. And that's okay. Maybe he's a horses for courses guy. And that's, that's fine, right? So this gives us a nice segue to maybe wrap up with a look at the India-England Test Series. Um, last time we talked about it was after Southampton when England had clinched the series. They went on to yeah. win at the Oval quite comfortably. I don't think it was it was that close. I know that um, the final day we saw some kind of fireworks from Rahul right. and Rishabh yeah. Pant. I mean, pretty impressive centuries from both of them. Yes. But only only relevant if they if they're a sign of things to come. Well, it was only relevant for me because if, if those guys had stayed in and gone, gone for the draw or won the game, uh, held out the game, it would have been 3-1 and my prediction would have been right. But as we were, you, you, your prediction of 4-1, which you tried to change to 5-0 at one stage, uh, held true. So I think you picked it quite well. I mean, it was a fairy tale test, wasn't it? I mean, you know, Alistair Cook's last test, he scored 100. Um, James Anderson overtaking Glenn McGrath with the last wicket in the, in the fourth innings. Um, really an amazing test. And if you were at that game, I guess it would be quite memorable. I mean, it was, a, it was a good crowd there. A lot of things happened. There was some great fireworks, as you mentioned, on the last day uh, with Richard Pant uh, uh, sort of taking, taking the attack to, to, the, to the English players and, and, and Rahul as well. So it was, it was a good test. Yeah, I mean, I did also at one point go along with the Ravi Shastri 3-2 comeback. So... Yeah, I, this, yeah. I, I, I do. I had to change my predictions with his a, with his wink. Yeah, on a, on a match by match basis. Yeah. Um, Rahul's innings. You hope it has the same effect on his career. That uh, I don't know if you remember VVS Lakshman. That that mm. innings he played in. Uh, I think it was in Sydney on a tour when India were just. I think it was ninety nine abject, and then he scored yeah. hundred and sixty seven. He just kind of went for it, and then, bef- and then his career just—he just took off after that. We'll see yeah, what happens with Rahul. Pant, I think, is going to be around a long time. Yeah, I feel. I think he's done enough um, to to get a pretty long run, and as long as his keeping improves, um, I think it will. I think he'll he'll be fine. Alistair Cook, unbelievable, really. I mean, I I'm always amazed when players get a century in their final Test match because. Just that level of intensity to be able to maintain it when you know it doesn't really matter how you yeah. do, and you don't really care if you're going to get dropped. I, I just think it's yeah. remarkable, and especially given the run he's been in, uh, yeah, he deserves every accolade. I, I totally agree. 
really impressive century. Um, so let's run through some winners and losers from the mm. Test Series. I have a list for you. Good, do you? Okay, good. Well, let's start with the big winners, shall we? Um, <clears throat> Sam Curran. Yeah, definitely a big winner. Possibly the biggest winner from this series. I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? It's it you know people have been talking about bringing him up the order. He, you know, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Steve Smith, who came in as a number eight bowling all rounder, right? Um, and sort of and sort of Curran is like that. He's only twenty years old, right? And he's he's sort of batting at number eight. And he's not going to be a frontline bowler, I don't think. Um, but but he, he's quite handy. But his batting looks very solid and assured for for such a young guy, and also coming in against a good bowling attack. So I wouldn't be surprised if he moves up the order quite a bit. Well, question for you: Is Sam Curran the next Ben Stokes or the next Chris Wokes? I think he's the next Curran. He's the first. Oh, the next. Actually, he's the, the next. Curran. No, no, you're right. He is the next because he's already been. He's the, the first. second Curran. He's, he's the, the second, second coming of the Currans. He's the second um, Curran. Yeah, I don't think we should be trying to compare him to Ben Stokes or anybody else. He's not like that. I think he's he's Sam Curran. He looks like a good player. and Maybe he looks to me like he could be in that top four or five um, as a batsman. So I think what they're trying to do is bring these people from outside. I'm not sure. Why don't you just try and work out the players you've got right at the moment who've actually performed at test match cricket level, which is this guy. Um, so give him a chance, put him up higher in the order and see see how he goes. Alex Stewart at Surrey has said that he's always thought Sam Curran is more of a batsman than a bowler. So I think we can see him moving up the order. But the point, the question I asked really is just to kind of make the point, do you think he has the skills that are going to be transferable to performing everywhere in the world, like Ben Stokes? Mm. Or is he going to be someone like Chris Wilkes who at this stage, is really good in England and is just kind of average everywhere else. I think he's got much more talent with the bat. Okay, yeah. Um, Potentially than Stokes even, but definitely more than Wokes. Uh, And I guess, you know, he's left arm a bowler. He he offers something different and he's only working on his skills now. He's still quite slight and young. So you'd think in the next couple of years, he might pick up a bit of speed and get some more guile there with his left armers. So, yeah, I mean, I think that the world's his oyster and he's got a great opportunity if if he takes it. Hard to say, though. I mean, it's very hard to say whether he do well in Australia, whether he do well in India. I, I don't know that. Um, but he looks like he has the right attitude, the right spirit, you know, the right energy. So good on him. Yeah, no, he looked he looked completely unfazed by test cricket. Yeah. Um, which I'm always, I mean, it's just, and he's so young. It's yeah. incredible, really. Virat Kohli, would you say winner or loser? Well, definitely as a player, he was a winner, right? As a captain, maybe not so much. What did you think um, of his captaincy? I don't know. He, he's, he's a feisty character. And he seems to chase the game a lot and chase the ball a lot. Like he's moving fielders around when a ball goes in a certain area. I, I, I don't know if he's got patience or he's strategic enough, but he, he's definitely a galvanizing force for the team. That's for sure. And you need a captain to do that on the field. Tactically, is he great? I'm not sure. One thing I'd say for this Indian team is they fought pretty much every day yeah, and every did. session. And, you know, I've seen teams fold, um, Indian yeah. teams. So, yeah. yeah, they definitely play for him. But you're right, I'm not sure about his tactical savvy. That may come. I mean, he's, he's still learning, I guess. Um, but 
But one thing I will say is, you know, India have now lost eight series away from home outside of the subcontinent and the Caribbean. And I think this was their best chance. I, I think their best chance is Australia this year. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's a fair call, but I, I just think this England team was, was not, not, I wouldn't say in disarray, but it's not the best England team. There's no question. Their, their batting has been sure. weak. India have come with their a strong bowling attack. Yeah, no, no, no matter how Ravi Shastri sure coats it or, or anybody else, I think they would have felt disappointed that they went down 4-1. You know, the, the first couple of tests they had, there were chances they had there at little points in the match. They just didn't convert those little chances. I mean, 4-1 sounds like they were thrashed, but they were not thrashed. No, but at the end of the day, they didn't take their chances. And they, yeah. they're, they also got some big decisions wrong, I feel, in terms of the selections they made for the matches. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they played Hardik Pandya too much. They should have played mm. Jadeja more. They, um, they played Ashwin when he was injured. You know, things like right. that. They risked Bhuvneshwar Kumar in the final one day. Or, you know, he ended up miss, missing the test. They didn't give themselves the best chance to win, mm. I don't think. And this True. is... And I think they did miss a big opportunity here. Uh, but you're right, yeah. actually. Australia does present another big opportunity. Another winner or loser for you, Stuart Broad. Yeah, he, he had flashes of, 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 of you know, good stuff with the ball, and he, he batted well in one of the tests too, which we haven't seen him do for quite a long time since he's been hit. I don't know. I think he's, he seems to be off the ball to me. I mean, Anderson seems to be fit. And going from strength to strength, I think Stewie, Stewie's a bit off the boil. It's funny, he was the third highest wicket taker. Um, and he took, its, he took his wickets at under 30, only just under 30. Um, but you're right, he never really looked dominant. And yet, when England needed him, particularly in the second innings, he kind of delivered. He did take wickets yeah. when, when they were required. I do wonder how much longer, how much he's got left in the tank. Trevor Bayliss. <laughs> interesting one isn't it we were sort of saying after the ashes that he was you know should be sort of booted out and focused on the the white ball cricket but you've got to say 4-1 as a against India is a pretty good result yeah especially given that he just doesn't seem to care about test cricket at all I mean, he's, he makes it really <laughs> he, clear but he just he seems quite blasé the whole time anyway about anything he doesn't seem that like intense or you know uh so yeah, I, I guess well, he's 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 a guy in charge, right? So four one seems like a pretty good deal. You can't argue with that. Yeah, I think probably the other big winner would be Joss Butler, right? Yeah, he had a he had a very good series. Um, Ravi Shastri, winner or loser? He's always a winner in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's just worth it, the price of admission just for his one liners, isn't he? Just for his press conferences and he's winking and he's you know, platitudes and, you know, metaphors and... He gave a pretty extensive interview to Crick Info after the series. And actually, he didn't... There weren't any major one-liners that came out of it, which is wow. kind of disappointing. The, the only big thing was um, he wants more warm-up games. But does he really? Well, does he really? That's the question. Right. They say that, right? But then do they really... And these days, it seems... Remember back in the day when I was a when I was a young man, um, you know when England toured Australia, for example, they play full strength state sides, whereas now they I think they play these sort of second eleven whoever's available. I, I think it's a very similar thing when they went Australia toured India, 
nobody really wants to put a full-strength team against these touring teams, which I think is a pity. So if they can get, get those games back, um, it's great. And also, it's a schedule now, right? I mean, nobody has a schedule to do you know, two or three warm-up games before a test series when you've got the IPL going on and all, all kinds of stuff, right? So it's, it, it's quite difficult. So Rahul Dravid has just come out and said he wants there to be an agreement between cricket boards that they provide uh, full-strength warm-up games yeah. for touring teams because it's a it problem. Great. Um, you know, the problem with these warm-up games is you end up playing really weak teams because they don't, the, you know, the counties or the, or the, the, um, the first-class teams in Australia, they don't want to risk their good players in these games. They just give them some time off because they're kind of meaningless for them. Yeah, it's also a great opportunity for, you know, emerging players, um, you know, first-class players to, to show their case against these touring sides, right? And to, and to really see if they can, you know, pit it against the, some of the world's best bowlers or, or best batsmen. So I think it's kind of, you know, it goes both ways. Stuart Broad's opened a pub. What, what's it called? Oh, my Broad? <laughs> Broadway? <laughs> Broadside. Oh, it's called the Tap and Run. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Tap and Run. <laughs> yeah, it was formerly known as the Golden Fleece. Well, I'm glad they've changed that name. Yeah, so now it's the Tap and Run. It's been dramatically transformed into a stylish yet cozy gastropub. But they try to make it sound very artisanal and handcrafted, and you know, it's not a burger anymore. It's a handcrafted burger that was, you know, that was massaged and. Bit like my lamb burger at the Wacker last year. Well, I mean, you you set the precedent. I think you Darren are the poster down. boy, Darren, for like <laughs> hipster cricket. We didn't really talk about another winner, which was Jim, Jimmy Anderson, uh, did we? Really? We, I, I guess we mentioned it earlier on, but you know, he really is the highest wicket-taking fast bowler in all cricket at the moment. So, good on him. Good on you, Jimmy. And he looks fit too. I mean, I remember when McGrath was about the same age. He seemed McGrath seemed stiff and kind of unfit, and he was getting bowling slower and wasn't really that, that looking great. But, I mean, Jimmy looks great, looks fit, looks um, like he keep going for a couple of years. He's in incredible shape. The Jimmy Anderson diet, he, he should trademark it. He really looks in good shape. He is definitely slower, but yeah, he's so right. skillful. Yeah, he's very skillful. It doesn't matter, really. And he just seems to love bowling. He wants to keep playing. He does, just doesn't want to stop. And yeah, I mean, I could see him getting yeah, to six hundred. I think yeah. he plays another year or so. I could see him playing, getting yeah. to six hundred. So, oh, here's one for you: winner or loser, Adil Rashid. Well, I think Adil Rashid did everything he was asked of him. So he didn't get to bowl much. I don't um, think much was asked of him, though. That's the thing. Exactly. So you can't say he was a winner or loser. I think he did okay. I think he picked up a couple of wickets when he bowled in the third test. I think so. He, I mean, he did okay. He didn't get to bowl much though. So. um he was more of a passenger. Yeah, I would go with loser, personally. Why? <laughs> You're such a harsh man. Why is he a loser? Well, I think... Well, just because he wasn't a winner. You know, <laughs> that's it, really. He didn't do anything to, to affect the outcome of the series. He also became... I think, is it only the second player in history to not bat, not bowl or, or something? Not score a run, not take a wicket, and not take a catch in a yeah. test match. That's right. So that's nice work if you can get it. <laughs> well, he was, I mean, yes, okay. So in, in, from one perspective, he did very well. Um, definitely great return on investment. He broke a record. Yeah, he did. He did break a record. He got paid a lot of money for doing very little. Yeah. So well done to him. Um, okay. England's test squad, Keaton Jennings. 
remains holding on by a thread. The only thing he's holding on to these days. It is. So who's going to open the batting? Well, Rory Burns is there, and Joe Denley is there. Exactly. And so Keaton Jennings. And just Joss Butler. So it's two of those four, I think. I think they'll probably go with... You'd think if they're going to take Keaton Jennings and he's going to open the batting with somebody, right? You'd think. Otherwise, why would they take him? So then I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it would be Jennings, and then maybe they'll look at how players do in the warm-ups. <laughs> Pro- probably Keaton Jennings and Burns, you'd have to say. Yeah, I think Burns is ahead of Denley. You know, number th- are, we, are they going to put keep Moen at number three? I think um, so, yes. Which is, yeah, let's see how that goes. I mean, he might surprise us all. Well, the word is they'll keep Moen at three, and if not, they'll, they may bring in Denley. So again, it looks as a very suspicious top three, a very sus- suspect top three. Um, but only time will tell, right? I mean, you've got to give these guys a shot and see how they do. Correct. I mean, they have to keep trying options because nothing's worked. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then they have a you know the the pretty much the strongest kind of four to eight or nine in world cricket. Yeah, absolutely. At the moment, I mean, they just have so many options in that lower middle order. But but I do think Adil Rashid will be earning his keep in Sri Lanka. I hope so. He did not do well on the tour to India. Let's not forget. My observation of Adil Rashid is that. When he's expected to get wickets, he doesn't. <laughs> when he's not expected to, he gets them. He, he, keeps you, he keeps you guessing. He's surprising, isn't he? Right. Well, that's it. And I think it's, you know, when the pressure's on and he's the main bowler, the strike bowler, it, he, he doesn't deliver. Um, because I'm not sure he's, honestly, I'm not sure he's that good. Mm. And it's, I think that spin bowling is a, is a real concern. You've also got Basically, Jack Leach, right? Jack Leach, yep, is in the team. Um, he, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, so it looks a bit, a bit of a weak bowling lineup uh, in the spin department for for Sri Lanka. But you never know. Let's see how how the, how the wickets are. Um, you know, if Harath and Co can get in those sort of dry turning wickets, they might be in real trouble. But if it's, if it's some of the wickets in Sri Lanka do seem a bit, and so if they do seem a bit and they've got a bit of pace in them, then that, obviously that'll suit the English bowlers well. So it should be a good series. Ollie Pope's there. Let's not forget. I suspect he'll get a, he'll get a chance at some point. Uh, and they also have a bowler called Ollie Stone, who's yeah, he's quite sharp, isn't he? Yeah, getting up to ninety k, well, ninety miles an hour plus. So, so quite sharp. Yeah, although whether that be of that much value in Sri Lanka, fairly docile pitches, you would think. Um, but you know, I think because it's a weak Sri Lankan team, relatively weak, this is an opportunity for England to. Um, really kind of move into this post-Cook era, figure yeah. out its team, figure that, figure out that top order. Yeah, I think the only thing they're worried about is, is the spinning ball. Um, I think they wouldn't be worried about the batting lineup for, for the Sri Lankan team or, or, the, or the pace bowling at the moment. It's, it's a bit dilapidated at the moment, I think, but the spinners are still there. So I think that's the only issue for them. Correct. I mean, Rangana Harath has had a lot of success against his England team. Yes, and he has. He will be wheeling away, I'm sure, in anticipation. Yep, he will be. Okay, excellent. So we should probably go because I've actually lost you now. I can't. You're completely dark. All I can see are these kind of these sort of ultraviolet eyes. Oh wow! Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's like you've turned into the predator. <laughs> I have. I, I I do turn into the predator at night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually running around the room now. So maybe you will come back as a dinosaur. Thank you all for listening. Um, 
yeah, listen to us, leave us a review. It helps us go onto iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and do a review. Give us a thumbs up or a like and see you soon. Yep. Thank you all. We'll be back soon.